Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Boy, the Jets have gotten so much, so much, so much attention this year. That's got to be a good thing for... The Giants, right? It's Carlin on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 88, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We went through the surprise predictions for the upcoming season earlier. Want to get your reaction to those and also your surprise predictions. We had the top five surprise predictions earlier to start the show. Number five was Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers winning the NFC South. Number four, the Commanders finish ahead of the Giants. Number three, Micah Parsons is an MVP candidate for real. Number two, Bill Belichick will be coaching his last year in New England. And number one, the Buffalo Bills don't make the playoffs. I know it's out there. But that's why it's a surprise prediction. Meanwhile, we've got our ESPN Radio two-a-days. And speaking of the Giants a little earlier. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation two-a-days. Time is here. On ESPN Radio. The New York Giants. Blue 58. Go. This is Jordan Ronan covering the Giants. Now that Saquon Barkley and the team have failed to reach a long-term deal, everything around the Giants this summer is going to be about how the lack of a deal affects the organization. Will it affect the locker room? How much will it affect their on-field product? All the questions are going to be about Saquon Barkley. It's something the Giants and their entire roster are not going to be able to avoid. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio. You know, Peter King was right earlier when he was on with us talking about Saquon Barkley. And when we now look at running backs and we don't want to uh, pay them nearly as much, the owners, that is, because they feel like they're interchangeable. Peter said Saquon Barkley is one of the running backs that's not interchangeable, and he couldn't be more right. His influence on Daniel Jones is everything. I think Daniel Jones was so much better of a quarterback last season Yes, because of Brian Dable, but primarily because of Saquon Barkley's presence, and that's why they desperately needed him back this year. All the attention that is being put on the Jets during training camp gives the Giants an opportunity to fly under the radar, and that's, that's a good thing for them because while they made the playoffs last year in Brian Dable's first season, they won nine games, this... I got to tell you, this is not shaping up to be nearly as good. Now, they have done some things that you can like. Their second-round pick, John Michael Schmitz at center, going to be a star in this league at the position for a long time. For a long, long time. Jalen Hyatt, the guy can just flat-out burn. How is he as a route runner? How is he in terms of blocking a little bit uh, for receivers? All of that is yet to be determined. But we know the guy can absolutely fly. 
You want to have some evidence of that? If you haven't gone back and seen it as a fan, you should go back and watch the Alabama game against Tennessee last year, which was a wild shootout. And Jalen Hyatt, I think, had, let me think, 41 touchdowns in the game. Or five. I can't remember. But I believe it was five. Yes. Go back and watch it. Guy's great. That will help. Darren Waller, if he could stay healthy, will help. Here's my problem. While I think they're getting better on defense and such, we have to really evaluate the schedule that they played against last season, which was the second easiest in all of football, and the fact that this year their schedule is brutal. I mean, let's be real about it, okay? Can the Giants start 1-5 and five this season? Cowboys at home, at Arizona, at San Francisco, Seattle at home, at Miami, at Buffalo. Can the Giants start 1-5 and five this year? On the high end, I'm thinking 2-4, and four, and it doesn't get any easier after that with Washington and the Jets. I mean, this is, this is a rough, rough schedule for the Giants. And there is no stretch of easy games. You, can't, uh, you cannot think Washington is that when they finished 8-8 eight and eight, and they had one of the great defenses in the league last year. They were third overall. I think they were seventh in points allowed at just under 20 points a game right around there. There's not a stretch other than, you know, New England followed by Green Bay with a sin, with a uh, bye week sandwiched in between where you can really feel good about it. That's a problem, my friends. That's a big problem. And you want a real kick in the pants? They don't even get the Eagles until Christmas. And they get them twice in the last three weeks. Now, granted, that last game of the year against the Eagles may mean nothing for the Eagles because they're going to be atop the division again. This Giants team, you can go through a chapter and verse. I don't look at them and say, "Mm, they're going to do what they did last year. I think it's a step-back season. I think this is six, seven wins. And that's, that's not because they're a bad team. It's because they're a team that should be a little bit more in transition than they make you think they are. Think back to some of the teams that have really performed well in their first year under a new head coach coach who's changing the culture and all that kind of stuff that we always hear about. And then really it becomes about the second and third and fourth years. Todd Bowles, Jets won 10 years the first year. Ten games the first year. How'd that go after that? There have been plenty of teams over the years where that's been the case. Optimism is never a bad thing, but in this case, I think it's foolish. I don't see a scenario right now where the Giants are a playoff team or the Giants finish outside of last place. They may not be god-awful. They may be a seven-win team. But I think they're going to finish in last place in the NFC East. 
888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Shannon Penn in today producing your take on the Giants this year. Uh, you said Shannon Penn, New York Giants fan. Is that what you said? I just want to make sure. I, I, that is that, that what I said? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I did have a question for you in regards to Daniel Jones. Is, is yeah. he at the point where the Giants can win games because of him? No. Or is he still very much a mobile game manager? He's exactly that. He's, he, he sounds like he works at a Verizon wireless store, a mobile game manager. That sounds like somebody that I had to spend a half an hour with the other day and still don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, that's what it sounds like, a mobile game manager. Now, I, I don't believe Daniel Jones is good enough to make people better. Have you ever once over the last couple of years felt that way, Shannon, as a fan? That Daniel Jones is making these other players better than they are. No, the hope the hope with watching him is that he doesn't mess it up. That I know he's he's worked on the fumbles and the turnovers, but that's the hope is that you do enough to win the game and you don't go out right here and lose it for us. Yeah, and right now, I, I don't think he's going to lose it. I think the turnover thing has been better, but this is if the edict continues to be don't screw it up. Give me a $40 million a year job where it's don't screw it up. And that's where I was going to go. Does the, how does the contract now affect the expectations for Jones? Here's what's bizarre about it. It really doesn't. Because the Giants position this contract to be able to get out after two years, we all sit there and be like, yeah, okay, you're fine. This is not we're locked in for the next six, seven years, and our salary cap's a nightmare, and we're not going to get any better. This is not the Denver Broncos. This is not what's going on with Russell Wilson. No, this is, okay, if he's not great, we can always go quarterback shopping in a year or two. That's not really the place I ever want to be. And $40 million, I understand, is the going rate now for average to middling quarterbacks. That, that one really has to burn Saquon Barkley. <laughs> that one, like, this dude is nothing without me and I can't I can't get anything more than a franchise tag and he's getting 40 without blinking you for the next 2 years you, at least You mentioned Saquon, do you anticipate this being his last year with the Giants? Yes. This is going to be it. Because he's going to go out and want to go shopping and as much as he wants to stay a Giant, if he had a massive season they will franchise him, and he'll end up being okay with that number because it'll be around $13 million. But he would have to have a massive year. I, I'm surprised that he would even allow that because he would want to be able to go out and, and find a better deal somewhere else. But if this offseason proved anything, maybe you can't do that. Maybe there's just no better deal to be found anywhere when it comes to the position anymore. It is silly because you do have to acknowledge when you're a great player, when you're on that next level of player, you do deserve to be compensated for it. What, what does Saquon run into, though? Health. That's a problem. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Your calls on the most... The biggest surprise predictions that you have for the upcoming season and whether the Giants are, in fact, going to finish in last place 
in the NFC East. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Up next, it was a big fight weekend. And not even in more, in a heck of a lot more than in the ring. Carlin, in for Greeny, ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. A swing and a smash to first by the diving Vaughn. Down the right field line. Kicks into the corner. Ramirez on his way to second. Head first slide. Safe and in to score is Jimenez. And another hustle double. Right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. <laughs> Oh, tremendous job on WTAM in Cleveland, eleven hundred. That was that was ooh, that was a rough, rough moment for Tim Anderson. I we have not seen two guys just flat out square off like that on a baseball diamond, literally dropping gloves like this was the like this was the NHL. That was I was I tell you, talk about fights this weekend. Tim Gar, Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez. Jake Paul beating Nate Diaz. You had the mess down in the in Montgomery, Alabama. It's a, a rough weekend for Alabama, by the way. Anderson and I, listen, I don't know what caused the Montgomery, Alabama fight. Hopefully, you know, I mean that got out of hand. That was nasty. But as far as is it wrong that when it comes to the Tim Anderson Jose Ramirez fight, I'm I'm entertained by that. Like I was kind of like. Wow, we haven't seen that in forever. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I know 
I know you should never root for fighting, blah, blah, blah. But that kind of was like, yeah, Shannon. I mean, I was blown away when I saw the two of them got up and I see Anderson just square up with his hands ready to go. And I guess this is something that had been building because Anderson was standing on top of Ramirez, but he wasn't like lording over him. Right. I don't and know I what know, it was. And I know that, there was some uh, quotes from Ramirez saying that that Anderson has cheated the game for a while or, or dis, excuse me, disrespected the game for a while. So I don't know if he saw him standing over him as a sign of disrespect or what it was. But it was building, though, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. Is it wrong that that kind of brought a smile to my face? I got another thing. Is it wrong that now I view Tim Anderson differently now that he got knocked out? Is that wrong? No, he squared up. It's not like he got sucker punched. I mean, he's he's standing right in front of him, right? I mean, am I? You you can't get drilled like that and not think that it wasn't coming. I mean, you had it coming when you squared up like that. And all right, let's go, bang. And and then here's another thing too that I've always thought when you in baseball and you got benches clearing brawls in baseball, right? If yeah. you're the pitchers in the bullpen. You're oh. running all the way from the bullpen. Yep. What are your expectations? What are you supposed to do when you get there? Because by the time all you right. get there, for the most part, the fight's done. So here's one I can clarify for you, okay? My first job out of college was minor league baseball. I was a broadcaster uh, for a team in the Cubs organization. And there was the, I think it was either the GM or the president at the time, a guy by the name of Al Goldis, who came to town to talk to the team. The team, the week before had had an issue. Um, you might remember the pitcher. He was killed tragically. The guy's name was Jeremy Gonzalez. Uh, he pitched for the Mets for a bit, pitched for the Cubs for a bit. He was actually struck by lightning when he was home in Venezuela one offseason. I knew Jeremy a little bit, and he was, a, he was a nice guy. But there was an issue with Jeremy and uh, one of the other guys on the team because uh, the first baseman uh, got hit by the other team, and it looked like it was on purpose, and Jeremy didn't respond to back up his teammate. So anyway, to your point about the guys running in from the bullpen, Al Goldis is standing in the middle of this team meeting, and he says, if you get up from the bench or from the bullpen and there's a fight, I will fine you if you jump onto the field. If you do not jump up onto the field, I will send your ass on the next plane. So in other words, the fine doesn't mean a damn thing. Get out there no matter where you are and make sure you are there to back up your teammates. That's part of it. You know what, though? It did kind of get me thinking a little while ago, and, and let's keep this in perspective. Let's get a little green list action going because this can be pretty entertaining sometimes when we talk about fights in somewhat unexpected situations. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. And when I say keep it into perspective, I'm saying not the nasty situations, not the malice at the palace, not things that turn really, really ugly. No, I'm just talking about the individual fights that happened that were the top five fights of all time. I say we do it. So we're going to do it. Let's go. Number five. Number five for me, Red Wings Avalanche, 2007, 
Patrick Waugh and Chris Osgood, or 97 rather, uh, Chris Osgood going at it. The two goalies going at it and going after each other on the ice. Like, I think Waugh was right on top of Osgood, kind of pounding away. It's not often in a hockey fight where you get the goalies going at it. That was something. I absolutely was entertained by that. Number four. Number four. Red Sox Yankees, the whole Pedro Martinez situation. Uh, you had that whole thing play out in Boston. Yes, he threw Don Zimmer to the ground. I know, but Don Zimmer came charging at him, and people who said he threw him to the ground, he kind of just fell to the side. Let's let's call that what it was, okay? But that was an unbelievable situation with a Rod, with Veritek. With, uh, you know, Kareem Garcia in another scenario. There were such bad incidents between those two teams. That was one of the ugliest, but let's call it what it was. That was, it was kind of entertaining. And Don Zimmer was fine. Everybody was fine. Relax. But that was an entertaining fight in baseball, to be sure. Number three. Uh, that's got to be Nick's Heat 98. Anytime you've got Jeff Van Gundy holding on for dear life, on Alonzo Morning's leg, that's that's top-notch entertainment right there. And Jeff, uh, in that moment, just kind of lost his mind. He's trying to do everything he can to break the whole thing up. And Jeff, at five foot nine, he's listed at that. I always thought he was a little bit bigger anytime I saw him in person. But Jeff, at five foot nine, was basically like a gnat on Alonzo Morning's big tree trunk of a leg. That was a great. Great fight. Number two. Uh, Rugned Odor and Jose Batista. Now, you'll remember that Batista and the Blue Jays beat the Rangers the year before in the postseason, and Batista threw the bat up in the air and, you know, just went nuts at home plate, and it bugged the Rangers. And the Rangers waited until the last game of the year with the Blue Jays to hit Batista. They drilled him in the side. He didn't like it. He went in hard at Odor at second base and started chirping, and Odor gave him the one piece with a biscuit. Oh, one of the great connections of all time in a non-boxing you know, fight. That is up there. But there really only can be one number one. Number one. And that is something that we just celebrated the 30th anniversary of. The headline last week was just this. 30 years ago today, Robin Ventura found out. <laughs> Nolan Ryan drills Ventura. Ventura goes out to the mound, and then Nolan gets him in a headlock and just starts pounding away. Ventura never had a chance, and he was not a small man. Ryan just pounded away on him. That is one of the all-time great fights. That that was a great, great one. Are there any that I am missing here that should be at least an honorable mention, Shannon or Mikey C? What do we got? I'm trying to think of a fight that, that didn't turn into a melee, like you said. Right. Again, it's not something that turned into a bad situation, but one that was just a fight. Like, I'm not going to go all the way back to the Rangers-Bruins fight in the late 70s when Mike Milbury is climbing into the stands. I mean, that was obviously horrible. Does the uh, does the uh, Kermit Washington-Rudy Tomjanovich count? 
Yes, it does because Karma Wash or because Rudy T was like he had to get major surgery and his entire face was destroyed by that. I don't want anybody who's really truly hurt by it all or comes out of it in a bad way. How about when Shaq slapped? uh, Who was it? Nuno, who was Nuno just throwing out there? All right, well, he he came to tell me that there is actually one NBA fight that um, that did happen twenty some odd years ago that I used that used to be my favorite highlight in sports, but yeah. kind of eased off at some involving the Knicks and the Lakers, um, involving Chris Childs. I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but there's also but there's also speaking of fights, there was the Andre Johnson Cortland Finnegan 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 Finnegan. He knows who he is. Finnegan, yes. Yeah. When Johnson just had him on the floor and was was going at him, yes, just going at him. Mikey C, who did you have? I I was thinking of when Shaq slapped. Was it Greg Ostertag? I think, yeah. No, I remember he tried to swing on Brad Miller and, and missed. Brad Miller, too. Yeah, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> that was pretty good. Aren't Brad Miller and Greg Ostertag like the same guy? That's a, that's a kind of our. <laughs> Just nondescript, awful center. And if we remember some years ago as well, you had the, uh, the uh, what was it, Xavier and... It was the two Holloway. Oh, um, that was a bad. Uh, you mean talk about Cincinnati and Xavier? Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah, 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 that was a Xavier. bad situation, yeah. though. See, I didn't put that one in there because you had, uh, you had like, yeah, that got ugly, ugly. See, I don't want that. I just want to be, you know, entertained a little bit, and I want a little heat. I want a little juice. Nobody gets hurt. There's no societal issues that come out of it. No, that's not what I'm looking for. You have to admit, Nolan Ryan pounding away on Robin Ventura's head. Well, he's got him in a headlock. That's top notch. How do you get put in a headlock like that and it's not professional wrestling? Like, he's if you're Ventura, what are you right doing? You going with your head there? What are you doing? Exactly. He leaned right into it. I mean, I know it's not the NFL, but heads up. What are we doing here? <laughs> Carlin in for Greeny at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fix Finder service, verified by data from over 5.5 million ASC-certified technicians. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E. 
E-N-Y. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Look out. That is high and tight, and now Manny walks out toward the mound, and he's shouting angrily at Roger. Now out of the dugout comes Ortiz to wrap up Ramirez and keep him from going out there. And the Red Sox come pouring out of their dugout. The Yankees out of theirs. Zimmer took a swing at Pedro Martinez. Don Zimmer in foul ground has gone down. (laughs) John Miller, Joe Morgan right here on ESPN Radio back in the day. And now I got everybody just chiming away with all kinds of altercations that we forgot about. I just had somebody on Twitter uh, hit me up with Brian Gill. The Kyle Farnsworth spear was entertaining, too. And I now I went back and watched that. It was Kyle Farnsworth pitching for the Cubs to Paul Wilson, who was pitching for the Cincinnati Reds, but Wilson was at the plate. Farnsworth threw a tailing fastball that came inside, got away from the catcher. Wilson started chirping, and he came at Wilson, Farnsworth did, and drilled him with a Roman Reigns-esque spear. That was just top-notch. Wow, that was really, really good. Another one mentions uh, our guy Buddha chimes in with the Deion Sanders-Andre Risen. They they were slapping each other on the helmets uh, out on the outside when they had been chirping all week about going up against one another when Deion uh, was with the 49ers and Risen was with the Falcons. And, of course, they had formerly been teammates but, like, that was just a, a one-play slap, 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 and they end up just hurting their hands on each other's helmets. I never understood the football fights unless somebody's helmet is off and you throw a punch. Like, otherwise, why are you throwing a punch with somebody who's wearing a helmet? It makes absolutely no sense. You're going to break your hand. That one's on you. You're a dope. You're a dope if you do that. We got a couple chiming in. Let's go to John up first on ESPN Radio. John, what's going on? Hey, what's up? 
What's uh, going on with mine you? Mine was more surprising. Uh, mine was more surprising. I was at the game when Wayne Gretzky got in his one and only fight against Neil Broughton and the Minnesota North Stars. Out of the blue. Gretzky's never fought. He never – all of a sudden, he just drops his gloves and him and Broughton go at it. It was more of a surprise, if anything, because it was Gretzky. If you know what I'm saying, you know, the, his style of play and all that. But that was – to me, that was a great fight because it was Gretzky. You know, you said that, and I just Googled it. I just looked at it. Gretzky threw his stick down just beyond angry. Neil Brott was playing for Minnesota. No helmet, no nothing. Listen, here's one number rule of fighting in back in the day, okay? If you wear a helmet in hockey and the other guy, whatever it was, pre-1985, played the game without a helmet, don't ever fight the guy that plays the game without a helmet. He is ready to drill you and kick your ass. He is absolutely ready to do that. That is just asking for it. And Gretzky, in this fight, looked like he had no idea how to fight. This is a great one. Ernie is up next on ESPN Radio. Ernie, what do you got? Hey, first of all, Carl, and a pleasure, man. Thank you for taking my call, man. Listen, like I told the guy, uh, uh, being a big Mets fan, 1986, you could put the whole Mets uh, fight uh, through there. But Ray Knight connected on Eric Davis on, uh, oh. you know, basically throwing his gloves down and really connected on Eric Davis. He was stunned, and that was a great fight. And don't forget uh, – even though I was only two years old, Pete Rose and uh, Buddy Harrelson. That was a mess. Uh, yeah, listen, I've only I've seen the video of that one. That was a mess at second <laughs> base. Um, you know, the Eric Davis-Ray Knight one, I remember too. Uh, and Ray Knight just clocked him right across the chin. Thanks for the call. That was, that was one that uh, our buddy Ryan Hurley chimed in with too. Uh, he texted, that was, that was a tremendous fight. A tremendous fight. How about uh, who's next? Tommy on ESPN Radio. Tommy, what do you got, bud? Big fella, what's happening, man? How you doing? So, uh, a famous uh, number 39 that always likes to take shots at you. How do you not remember when uh, Brett Johnson made DPH or go night-night at center ice? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Uh, Rick, uh, of course, on 98.7 in New York, does a morning show. Always going to hammer me with the fat jokes. That's fine. That's fine. And I'm just watching it again. Oof. Night-night is right. That was one big left. Rick's still down. Still down on the ice. We may need to retweet that one just to remind Rick of that fight. <laughs> Can I even call it a fight? One punch? Brent Johnson hitting Rick. Rick hitting the ice. That was that was it. That was the extent of it. Anthony is up next on ESPN Radio. Anthony, what's going on? Hey, I think you're forgetting a good hockey fight because it was unusual, but uh, Keith Primo and his brother Wayne Primo fighting <laughs> back in the late 90s. <laughs> Keith Primo and his brother. Keith is Keith passed away, did he not? I believe he did. Um, I shouldn't say it like that. But, yeah, I, I, listen, I don't remember that specific uh, fight. Uh, no, he's still alive. Yeah, good job, Carlin. Um, yeah, well done. Um, this is, uh, I don't remember that specific fight. I don't remember that. But 
brother versus brother on the ice, not bad. Jason, up next on ESPN Radio. Jason, what's going on? Hi, Ed. Um, I wanted to mention the um, the rivalry fight, the iconic um, Bird versus Julius Irvin choke each other out at the end with the iconic picture. This is a great uh, fight. Yeah, listen, you could. That's what that was a very good one. You're right about that. Um, we can go chapter and verse through hundreds of them, but uh, when I think about the Celtics, like how many fights did they get in over the years with the Pistons, with the Lakers? Uh, with the Sixers, they were getting in fights with everybody. Everybody. We can just gloss past the point that I just uh, killed off Keith Primo, right? We can move past that. Okay, good. Uh, let's get to the Jaguars and their two-a-day. How about that? Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation two-a-day. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Blue 58! Go! This is Mike DiRocco covering the Jaguars. The Jaguars were pretty good offensively in 2022, finishing 10th in yards and scoring. But head coach Doug Peterson wants to average a touchdown more per game in 2023. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones had career years, and now the Jaguars have a potential number one receiver in Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram is also coming off a career year, and second-round pick Brenton Strange gives them a second pass-catching option at tight end. Third-round pick Tank Bigsby will help the team's short yardage struggles and share the workload with Travis Etienne. With Trevor Lawrence's continued development, the pieces are in place for a top-five offense. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. You know, I think there's something about the Jacksonville Jaguars that, that people didn't realize last year, and that something is Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne had an absolutely fantastic season, and the reason was he was averaging... Over five yards a carry at 1,100 yards. You think, all right, that's that's pretty good. He finishes ninth in rushing overall. Dude averaged 5.1 per carry and got 1,100 yards on 220 carries overall. Travis Etienne is a top five back in this league right now. And you add that to what we have already with Trevor Lawrence. So let's talk about Trevor Lawrence, guys. A disastrous first year. He could not have ended up in a better situation than to get Doug Peterson as his head coach. Doug Peterson had an awful lot of success with Carson Wentz. If you'll remember 2017, Carson Wentz was on his way to being the MVP of the league before he got hurt. And, of course, they went on to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And then Carson Wentz really couldn't handle it He had to walk past a literal statue every day of Peterson and Nick Foles drawing up Philly Philly, the Philly special. And then it got away from him, and he didn't want to pay attention to what Doug was talking about anymore. Doug Peterson's a good coach. He has really turned out to be a good coach. And there were a lot of people that didn't think that was going to be the case, but here he is. And look at what he did walking into an absolute disaster last season. They were able to spend money last year. They were able to spend a little bit of money this year. I think Jacksonville is a team that has a chance to really do some special things this year. So Lawrence went 25-8, and eight, 25 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Are you going to be surprised if Trevor Lawrence this year throws between 35 and 40 touchdowns when you bring in Calvin Ridley and add him to Christian Kirk and 
Evan Ingram in that group and ETN? Are you going to be surprised if that happens? The answer is no, you're not. And if that interception number is going to drop a little bit, I can absolutely uh, say that. I absolutely confidently say that that number is going to drop. From eight, that'll be down around six. And this comes after Trevor Lawrence had one of the all-time worst quarters and a half, uh, quarter and a half of football in the playoff game. He throws four interceptions, and yet he comes back and he wins. I mean, that to me told me a lot about him. I think the Jaguars' defense is very underrated. I love Josh Allen as a defensive player. Jaguars are going to win the division. They're going to do it with ease. No big deal there. I think we're all kind of forgetting about them a little bit. Because the AFC is so stacked top to bottom. So stacked. Whether it's Kansas City, the Chargers people talk about. They talk about the Bengals. They talk about the Ravens, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets. Just don't forget about the Jaguars. I'll go out on a limb right now. Jaguars, AFC Championship game. You heard me. Jaguars, AFC Championship game. That's your two-a-day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I somehow got Keith Primo confused with Bob Probert before. That's what happened. Anyway, uh, when it comes to uh, the big surprise predictions, we started the show with this. In the league this coming season, we had number five, Bryce Young and the Panthers winning the NFC South. We have number four, the Commanders finishing ahead of the Giants in the NFC East. Number three, Micah Parsons, a legitimate MVP candidate this year. Number two, Bill Belichick's last season as Patriots head coach. And number one, the Buffalo Bills will miss the playoffs. Which of those, Shannon Penn, is the most egregious? Of all of those Mm -hmm. that you feel like, God, you are out Mm -hmm. of your freaking mind. (sighs) The Giant fan in me says the Commanders will finish ahead of the Giants, but I'm not going to go there. I think the Buffalo Bills missing the playoffs will be the most egregious. Yeah, I I just think there's always a surprise team that has a down year. And when I'm looking at everything going on in Buffalo, you can kind of see where this might be headed sideways. We've all been in that relationship where you start to sense – Things are going wrong. You know, it started with Stefan Diggs. The Bills didn't get anywhere near where they needed to get last year, even though they went out and uh, won a ton of games, won a division. They were disappointing. They just have that feeling of this, this could go sour quick. Tomorrow, another one. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.